Do you want to gather with a bunch of witches? I've got the perfect event for you. Come join us for the weekend of Halloween. This year, the Modern Witches Conference gather around the theme, Welcome Mystery. Through events, workshop, educational content, and community, we aim to heal and honor the collective relationship to the witch. Check out the full schedule and get your ticket of this wonderful weekend via our website, modernwitches.org. We can wait to see you there. Many blessings. I am so excited to be here with Shirley Johnson today for another interview of A Modern Witch. And Shirley has taught with us at our Spring Convergence in 2021 and has so much to share. And we had such a great conversation um, on Instagram about witchcraft and how you identify with it. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited too. That was a great Instagram conversation. (laughs) Um, Hello, everyone. My name is Shirley Johnson. My pronouns are she and her. I am professionally identified as a licensed therapist. I work with couples and adults. And I also have been a yoga teacher for the last almost 15 years, I think, an energy healer and studying various energy medicines over the last 15 years. I, um, and I'm also trying on new terms because I am in a personal season of reflection and creativity. And I'm also trying on the, the professional titles that of uh, being a vulnerability priestess or a vulnerability alchemist, an authenticity priestess. So I yeah, love that. What about me? <laughs> so I, let's, that's such a great role. <laughs> that. Um, I'd love to start our conversation just by getting a sense of when you, on your personal journey, Uh, really connected with your sense of spirit or your connection to spirit? Mm. I feel like I was connected to spirit from a young age as a child. Um, Not necessarily with that language. I didn't grow up necessarily like traditionally religious or in specific spiritual community, but um, God was talked about a lot and dreams were talked about a lot and metaphysical experiences, out-of-body experiences were also talked about a lot in my family of origin. I'd say by the time though I was in my early 20s, that's when it was it was unavoidable for me to to look past it or to not go deeper into what's happening or deeper into that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I was, I think I was just in a time where I I felt very lost and I felt very, you know, I graduated from college, all that pomp and circumstance, you know, you go to your four-year college and I, it's a big deal. And, um, and then, and I had a lovely time in college. I loved learning. I loved being in a community of learning. 
And then it's like to come out and just be like, oh, now I'm just supposed to go work at like a nine to five job. And I just knew like, this is for me, this is not it. And I was very mm-hmm. aware my spirit was like, this is not it. And you will not be able, me, meaning me, well, I will not be able to tolerate this kind of lifestyle where my spirit does not feel integrated into, um, like, I can't compartmentalize my spirit. And so it's been a journey since, since then of really learning how to put that part of my life at the forefront and continuing to learn to integrate it into all the spaces and all the roles that I walk into. Amazing. And takes a lot of vulnerability. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have that experience, you know, of like, you know, we're we're taught to kind of fit into the round hole, but maybe we're not round shaped. Um, and I'm excited, like, to just hear you express that because I think. Um, oftentimes when we're seeking or on our path and learning from others, um, they make it look easy, but it's not always an easy journey. Mm -mm. No, it's a path not often taken because it requires courage. And it also, I think requires the, what is it called? Like the vision, the the experience of vision quest of, of being out in the night metaphor metaphorically some people literally but metaphorically being out in the night by yourself absolutely so I'm curious if you um in all the many roles that you hold would include which if that's something you identify with um and if yes if no um why and maybe what other roles other than vulnerability priestess, which I love, um, do you identify yourself with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about this word witch for many years because I was often labeled, like, you know, people would jokingly refer to me as a witch for many years. And And, you know, it was a charged, it felt like a little more of a charged word, even like 10, 15 years ago than it Mm -hmm. does feel now. And I felt, you know, I remember feeling sometimes self-conscious of it because I didn't know many people who, in my age group at least, who were really exploring the the life of being a mystic. I think mystic resonates with me. And now I feel like a desire to reclaim, which I actually also was like a little, I think, distant from it too, because that word is a, you know, it's an English word. It's a word that comes from a European language and of, you know, being someone who's identifiably black and being like, oh, I'm not. But also in the last couple months, a big part of my personal work has been reclaiming and restoring um reclaiming restoring and accepting all the all my bloodlines and my mother is white my mother is of European descent (laughs) and part of that means like reclaiming that even though I live in a culture that um identifies anyone who doesn't look a certain way as one thing or another that 
it's very important no matter what I am perceived as on a certain level that I have to be very in touch with the bloodline that is the bloodlines that are in me. And so I've actually been wanting to really reclaim and restore also some of those witch, um, Wiccan, uh, Celtic, pagan practices to me because that's my, my lineage as well. Yeah, what a journey. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, that word is so charged and so loaded. And I think part of our journey as an organization, like modern witches, um, is to hopefully open, open that word up for folks so that while it is a European word, like how can it also invoke all these different meanings that are maybe more culturally aligned with everyone's own individual path, which there are like infinite. Yeah, and it's an archetype, you know, like I think there's a word probably in every language that speaks to that archetype the witch archetype, the sorceress archetype, the magician archetype, the medicine woman archetype, they all, to me at least, you know, I also identify as being a medicine woman and by, and identify with, you know, the concept of my medicine, like walking with my medicine and that being part of my everyday life and my purpose. But I think that that concept, the archetype exists in all cultures around the world from the beginning of time. And so, you know, this is how right now, this is the, the shared language, at least me and you have. Right. And to me, that's that archetype is about being connected to the earth and being sensitive enough to, to, to sometimes listen and hear from the creatures of the earth that that don't have a spoken language mm, yes and I'm curious what you think it means to be a modern witch or a modern medicine woman <laughs> oh goodness this is a this is the journey this is the geesh yeah thinking a lot about the word modern these days and I think I'm wanting to honor the grief of being in a modern society and that there is no going back. I mean, time isn't linear anyway, but the fantasy that sometimes of like, if we could just go back to when people did this, did it this way and that way, that's done. So anything that we do from here on will be different than that and that's okay and and there can be grief about what has been lost and what has been lost really tragically through becoming modern people and as much as I have resistance toward being a modern person I am it's it is what it is <laughs> So I think to be a modern witch in some ways or a modern priestess is to be a bridge, is to be the bridge of the present, the past and the future. It's to be holding all of the complex aspects of, you know, doing this work, but doing it on a computer 
or doing this work, but also connecting to the earth, but also creating lots of waste every day. Mm -hmm. um, it's really to me about holding and not shying away from the shadow of, of being modern and at the same time, not shying away from the power of being a witch or a priestess or a sorceress or a medicine woman. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing grief into this conversation. I think that's really important right now. Yeah. And how has your personal lineage um, and the traditions you work with kind of shaped, shaped you and shaped your journey? If you feel free to name, name any traditions or teachers you feel called to. Oh, my first teachers are my parents. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Susan and Bruce, they are modern, they were modern <laughs> sorcerers and sorceresses. Um, yeah, those are my first teachers. And, you know, they brought me into this world and they also exposed me to a lot of metaphysical concepts and also a lot of just learning, learning in life through having these people as my parents and the experiences I've had with them for better and worse have been big teachers to me. Um, like I mentioned earlier, my lineage, my bloodline lineages, I am of Western European, Welsh, Irish, English, French, Irish, I don't know if I said that already, and Scottish, a lot of Scottish blood, um, West African blood lines, don't know the exact locations, and um, Aboriginal American of the Southeast, Cherokee, and Blackfoot bloodlines. So all of those traditions um, live in me and have informed me in different ways and, and also the exploration of trying to get closer to some of those lineages has also been informative. And then in my personal studies, I have, as I mentioned also, I've taught yoga for a bit and have learned so much regarding uh, yoga as a traditional technology from South Asia and the traditions of South Asian spirituality that are interwoven into the technology of yoga. And so I have so much gratitude and reverence for many of the many of those aspects of Hinduism and Sikhism that that are integrated into the yoga practice that I have been able to access and receive so much medicine from. Mm. And you know, I've been influenced by so many different people, so many different technologies. And I, you know, sometimes I I just I'm also humbled by the way that so many of these technologies are so similar and root yeah. back to like the truth of the earth and like can sometimes to me it's like I can feel the truth in them hmm. yeah so definitely yes beautiful um yeah it just makes me think about be how being a modern witch sort of also just in lieu of like timeline, we have access to so much history and we have access to technologies. Um, 
And now there's just sort of this real kind of reweaving happening um, that I appreciate about witchcraft specifically. It feels like um, a spirituality that you really create and co-create with spirit and with your ancestors and with all these lineages. Um, but it can be overwhelming too. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about your experience, just kind of like holding all of these um, beautiful aspects of yourself and all these beautiful technologies. Yeah, I think it can sometimes feel overwhelming. The most overwhelming part for me can feel like, how do I, it's like having to be in constant translation. That's, mm. It feels like it's, you know, being a modern witch or being a witch, medicine woman, archetype, et cetera, to me on a level, the difficult part has been like the code switching that comes with it. Like the kind of always, not always, but, you know, having commentary that sometimes unsolicited about how I navigate life or my cosmology, which is very different than the sort of status quo cosmology and how things are seen. I don't see things the same way as as the way that I was taught to see things. Mm -hmm. And to me, that part can be overwhelming because it's like the responsibility also is like, it doesn't mean that I have to, that I get to look away from the way that I have been taught to see things or from the shared cosmology or the dominant shared cosmology. It means that I have to see, I means that I see it all. I have to see that and I have to see all the other worlds that I, I live in. And that part can feel overwhelming and sometimes isolating to to see when I'm in that world and I'm seeing it but I'm also like there's a whole other thing I'm seeing that most people are not seeing that can be and again like the word grief comes to mind of like the grief of choosing to live in authenticity with whatever is right between you and spirit and the grief of like how that can sometimes mean you have to give up being part of the status quo process or the status, you know, you can't quite get in the status quo the way that the next person might be able to. Right. Mm, so many levels of grief. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious if you have, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but um, that feeling of you know, when you graduated from college and that feeling of like loss, like, or feeling lost, sorry. Um, do you have kind of a practice or a suggestion or a piece of advice for someone who's like feeling in a similar way? Mm. Mm. I remember that time of feeling lost. And one of the most difficult parts was I felt lost by myself. And I had friends, I had family, but I didn't, I had a hard time putting into words. I, I mean, I think now I can put into words what that experience was like, but I didn't know what I was in, in that mm -hmm. moment. I didn't have language for it. My brain wasn't even fully developed then. And one thing that I did I just started 
talking to people and I just started asking people and I started just going to every single spiritual quote unquote offering that someone shared with me. I went to Quake or that I felt curious about. I went to Quaker meetings. I was, I went to Buddhist um, chanting sessions. I started to go practice yoga. I went to, um, you know, anything that I could have access to because anything, because I was like, all right, I felt like a little detective. I was like, all right, I'm gonna just keep going and seeing where I feel alive at. And I think part of it is I also wanted community. Like there was that part of me that was also like, at least these people, even if I'm not vibing with their technology, at least I know that these people have some understanding of like, yes, like we need to have something that is at the forefront and the center of our lives that connects us to the spirit within us, right? And, and that's, you know, we cannot have the same shared spiritual practices, but we can agree that like spirit is, is present and spirit is very important to both of us. And that can be a, a connecting piece. So I think my, my humble offering to people would be get lost, like get lost, be in the lostness of it. You won't be lost forever. No one is lost forever. Um, get lost, get messy. And like, try everything out that you can. Try it on, like try everything on, like, like you're going to a clothing store and pick something from every color and put it on. And I also just wanna normalize like the experience of being lost and like, it's not a sign that you're off track. In fact, like this concept of being lost is in some ways a rites of passage and in some ways is a way to remind us to, to, that when we, you know, find a different path from being lost of the medicine of being lost and that lost is also a route in and of itself. So be gentle with yourself and don't be hard on yourself if you feel lost, like it's okay. Mm. It gives me big uh, fool vibes from the tarot. Mm -hmm. And like, I, whenever I see the fool in a reading, I just get so excited because it's that feeling of like, like joyously being lost and joyously choosing to go into the wilderness without feeling like there is a path you should be on even in the first place. Totally, totally, totally. Right. Even thinking when we're hiking, like all these paths that have been that we, if we go on a hike and there's a visible path, these have all been made. There's another way to get to the end of the hike or to get the circle to, to, to do the loop, but we have chosen often to stay on the path that hundreds of others have taken before us because there's some safety in knowing somebody already did this, I can see the trail, but it doesn't mean there's not a hundred other ways to, to hike that trail or mm -hmm. another and get to the same place. Very true. Is there um, a embodied practice um, or ritual action that you wanna leave our audience with today? An embodied practice or a ritual? Ah, you want me to say it or you want me to actually do it? Whatever you feel comfortable with, okay. I'm open. My, I'm going to say it only because I think 
it would be a little, it would get me in my head a little bit to try to do it. Yeah. Right now, now, one of the embodiment practices I am finding very liberating, joyful, but there's room for all feelings in this practice is um, one of my first, first loves as a child was dancing. Both my parents are musicians. I didn't get, I never got too disciplined with the musical instruments, but what I did love doing was dancing. And I always see dance and music as sort of, you know, interconnected. And so I do this pretty much in all my Kundalini yoga classes that I teach. At one point we stand up and I will invite folks to like open their feet, at least hit distance apart, distance apart, take a little scan, try to bring a little softness into their joints. So shoulders, elbows, fingers, knees, hips, toes. And the first thing that we'll do is we'll just bounce. We'll just start to like bounce, like the, the little bit lift the heels off the ground. And you can almost imagine like you're on a trampoline. And I'll play some music that has some kind of like drum or bass energy to it. So we're bouncing and just shaking and bouncing and just letting everything go. And then letting any sounds come out the mouth, your voice may sound different. And it's like, ah, 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 and just shake, 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 shake until you're ready and then you start to let it move into whatever dance wants to be inspired to come through you and with the music and some days right it might be really soft and airy and fairy like and some days it's fiery and and other days it's it's putting your grief into it and other days it's putting your excitement and your sensuality into it And it's just to me a practice that can meet wherever I'm at. And, you know, doing something like that for six minutes, it's so interesting how it will, for me, it'll change something in me. And if doing it in a group, it'll change the resonance of the group. It'll shake things up, right? Like all the things we're kind of like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to feel that. The movement to me helps to bring some of those things up in a way that is not overwhelming to the nervous system so that we can actually feel some of those things and or give voice or sound or movement to some of those aspects we're carrying around that are, you know, sometimes we're creating stories around to give access to us being able to humanize it and and Mm. humanize our whole experience. Can't wait to do that later today. Yeah, I have, I have, I'm happy to share. Um, I have lots of playlists with music specifically for this. So happy to share that with, with folks who are listening, if, if that feels helpful. Amazing. I'm sure people will take you up on that. I would love if you could share where folks can take your classes and continue to learn from you. Yeah. um, So I teach one Kundalini class online every week, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. It is by donation. So you register and then you can donate whatever amount feels comfortable for you. 
and I am, you can find me online on Instagram. I'll post all my events and workshops. I have some stuff coming up in September. Hasn't been announced fully yet, but with some really, with some folks who I really love and admire the work they're doing. My Instagram handle is Soulistic Wellness, S-O-U-L-I-S-T-I-C Wellness. And that's also my website, soulisticwellness.com. And as you already know, Casey, and I'll just share this, depending on when folks listen to this, I also am currently about to go on a, I want to find a, a cooler term than sabbatical, but maybe it's a, a radical rest and reevaluation period. Love it. <laughs> um, this fall. So I will not be teaching yoga, will not be doing any workshops, but I hope to you know, when the time and if the time calls me back to offer things, you can find me, you can, you'll find the offerings online at those sites I've shared. Awesome. And I'll, I'll make sure to link them. Thank you. I'm so excited for your um, rest and rejuvenation period. I am very excited as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. To more of that. Too, but um, I think that's like, I think rest is also like ultimate witchery. It's like mm -hmm. ultimate sorcery that every animal in this on this planet rests. And some, you know, I think about cats and you know, people love cats and the energy of that cat is like a cat is not pressed. I've never seen a cat rushing. I've never seen a cat like there's a certain anxiety that I just don't know if cats are not in, like they're immune to it, where I have seen anxious dogs. I have seen dogs who seem a little anxious, but only dogs who have been domesticated and, you know, are spending a lot of time with probably a neurotic human being. Exactly. <laughs> you know, even dogs rest and, and just, you know, I'm holding that part of also what being a witch to me is these days is reclaiming the wisdom, the animal wisdom of the human mm -hmm. being, the animal intuition. And part of that is rest. I was like, who would I be if I just had one month, 30 days of sleeping eight hours? And I thought about it and I was like, I think I'd be a radically different human. For sure. Fingers crossed, I'll get 30 days of eight hours of sleep. That sounds mind blowing. Yes. Well, we'll have to follow up and see how it goes. See yeah. how you feel. Keep you posted. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. It was really honestly so inspiring. Um, and I can't wait for folks to enjoy it. Thanks for having me, Casey. Uh -huh.